Episode 67, Debbie Shore Eliassi. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Beyond Personal Organization, and today I want to welcome Debbie Shore Eliassi, who is a green architect. Now, I invited Debbie today because even though what she does isn't directly related to organization, for those of you who are building new homes or renovating your old homes, I think Debbie can offer us some tips on how to make the most of the renovations to help save money and energy. Debbie is an Italian-Israeli architect with experience in architecture, interior design, and green building and has architecture offices in Barcelona, Milan, and Jerusalem. She fulfilled her childhood dream of making Aliyah to Israel in 2004, and she has helped dozens of customers from Israel and from abroad successfully plan their homes in Israel. She assists her clients from the initial planning stages up until the end of the project and helps with even the tiniest details to make the renovation and construction process as simple and enjoyable as possible. The great thing about Debbie is that she focuses on what you need as a client, and at the same time, she's environmentally friendly and designs with the environment in mind. She plans for things like airflow, direction of sunlight, breeze, and uses eco-materials. Welcome, Debbie. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for having me here today. I'm so excited that you're here. Debbie, can you tell us, how did you get interested in architecture and green architecture in particular? Well, being an architect was a childhood dream. I remember that as a child, I was looking at houses and I was just interested in everything was built. And later, when I decided to actually study architecture, I felt in love with the fact that this field includes different disciplines. When you study architecture, you have to study history of architecture, aesthetic, physics, mathematics, design, landscape, and so on. And also in my everyday work, I have to deal with different aspects of the project, and this makes it interesting. I never stop studying. Every project is different, and the opportunity to know new worlds. For example, some years ago, I designed a winery, and before, I knew nothing about wine production. And so I had to study this field from the beginning, and it was really exciting. So I really love to study a new, different things every day. About green architecture in Israel is something relatively new, but abroad, it's not. So when I studied in Milan at the Polytechnic University, all my studies were automatically green. You can't mm. design something that is not green or environmental friendly. So when I made Aliyah, I was shocked because I expected to find only green buildings here. And <laughs> architects didn't know what it was about, actually. So it was really sad. <laughs> It's true. A lot of uh, buildings here are, are not really green. But can you tell us how is green architecture different from regular architecture? Yes, yeah, sure. There should not be any difference between them. In the past, all the houses were green. People built in respect to nature. They had no air conditioning or other cooling or heating systems, so they had to build right. But maybe before answering your question, I should explain what is green architecture. Great. I don't like the word green so much. I prefer to call it climatic architecture. Why? Because a bioclimatic building is a building that takes into consideration the local climate and is built with local materials. And that is what people did in the past. For example, in Northern Europe, houses are built with sloped roofs so that the snow can slope down. 
uh, okay. wood was available in, in large quantities and was used as a building material. In Japan, where earthquakes are common, the internal walls were made of light bamboo, not to damage people when falling down. In Turkey, Spain, or other Mediterranean areas, people dig their homes into the rocks. So they used the natural shape of the earth to build insulated houses. In southern Italy, people built massive walls with double layers of local stone. So using local materials and processes that are best for the local environment are, is part of what makes it green or environmentally friendly? Yes. And working together with the climate and not against the climate. Uh-huh. Okay. And what happened after that, people forgot this principle and started to build houses without any connection to the local climate. And this brought to buildings that are all the same around the world and are completely disconnected from the environment. Mm -hmm. and, and so they create artificial climate inside with air conditioner. Uh -huh. uh, as you know, uh, the earth resources are not endless. And 100%. so we noticed that we are destroying our planet. And so we started to look back at our ancestors and to learn from their way of building. So this is basically green architecture. It's not new at all. It's very, very old. Okay. And so a green building means that it makes less use of resources of non-renewable energy but taking maximum advantage of clean and renewable energy like sun and wind, as okay. well as the features of a local environment. Basically, a green home will be healthier, more pleasant to live in, and the air inside will be cleaner. And the house will also be more economical because expenses for heating and cooling will be lower. Actually, any building can be planned according to green architectural principles. Of course, the ideal situation is a new building, which is designed in the right way from the beginning, but it's, all, but it's always possible to improve an existing structure. Okay, that's good to know. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I want you to sort of define your design style. I really love this question because even if I can say that I really love modern and minimalistic style, I believe that the house should serve the client. The client is the one who should feel comfortable and happy, not me. So I do not plan based on one specific style that I love. I choose and adapt the project style to the particular customer according to him or her taste. Okay. And for this reason, I try to involve the client in all the planning process from start to finish. Okay. So when, when you say that you involve the client from the planning whole planning process, you're involved in not only designing the space, but also like pick, helping to pick materials. Yes, sure. But it starts even before I, in the beginning, I send him or her a questionnaire with mm -hmm. a lot of questions to understand their way of living, what they love, uh, how they like to live and which color they like and everything. So I can catch their style and what is suitable for them. And then I send them picture to take inspiration from and all the process is doing together. I have to translate the dream to reality. I don't like to impose what I love. Okay. That's good. Because I think that most people don't want their service provider to, to, you know, impose their thoughts and ideas onto them. So I think that that's a really positive uh, quality and, and good quality trait. Uh, I want to know, there's, there's a difference between building from scratch and renovating. Uh, an existing building. So let's first talk about actually building a home from scratch. When we're building a new home, what are some tips uh, we should take into consideration, like 
location of the plot or the way the house is situated, when we're even, you know, starting out on buying a piece of property, um, from, you know, buying the property to how to pick the architect to anything that would be something we should look out for. Yeah, okay, so to answer this question, I need about uh, two or three hours. <laughs> so we'll focus <laughs> on some most important tips. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> there are some principles uh, whose application starts even from the planning stage. Okay. And if we consider them from the very, very first steps, they won't affect the building cost and will lead to great results. Okay. Then we have other solutions which require an initial investment, but they pay for themselves over time. So let's start from the first, the one that are free. Okay. We have always to remember that the final goal is trying to heat the house in the winter with solar energy that is free and keeping it naturally cool during the summer. So we start with choosing the right property. So it's very important to consult an architect who specializes in green architecture before purchasing a plot of land. The architect will be able to understand the directions of the sun and the air or whether the home will face in less good directions, which will require high investments to create pleasantly living conditions inside the home. And it, you have to know these things in the beginning. Okay. Then after you choose the plot, place the house on the property in the right way. And so the, the position is one of the most important things because if you put the place, the house correctly on the plot, you will be able to gain the solar energy during the winter and leave it outside in the summer. Big windows should be put on the southern passage and because it's, uh, the sun incidence is uh, very high in the winter, but it's more in the summer. Okay. The west and east facades are very hot in the summer. So it's, I don't, it's not a good idea to put them windows and in the winter, uh, heat the house uh, in a natural way. And so this kind of things are free. If the architect thinks of them in the beginning when he's just planning or she's planning the house, it's just without adding um, expenses to the client. Okay. And then we have solution which require an initial investment. And the most important is uh, improving the thermal insulation. And this is super important. And so don't scrimp on the insulation. So expensive as people think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just uh, means to build the external walls mm -hmm. with, there are lots of different materials and you have to choose the material according to the place where you are building it. It's not so expensive. You can add some like uh, 10 or, or 12,000 uh, shekels to your building. And if you mm -hmm. think, uh, how are you spending to build a house? It's nothing. And right. it will improve your uh, insulation so much. So something that you have to do. Spend a little bit now, this, this spend a little bit extra now yeah. to save later on, right? Yes, this okay. is the idea, great. Another thing that uh, you can invest now in the beginning is installing insulated windows. The window area and the frame are sources of significant heat transfer. And in Israel, the, the most common material used is aluminum and it's not insulated at all. If you have ever noticed, it gets boiling in the summer and freezing in the winter. Yep. But today, also in Israel, we have windows frames on the market that are made out of materials like PVC or wood uh, combined with aluminum that offer an excellent level of insulation. And they are more expensive than simple aluminum, but they are much better. And the companies selling these windows are responsible for assembling them and provide very long warranties. 
And after installing this Windows, you can save up to 40% in um, expenses of heating and cooling. Wow, that's um, a lot. So it's something that I think that everyone who is, it's a lot. So yeah. uh, everyone who is building a house should have, should do that. Another tip is to choose a clear color for blinds. Uh, so okay. that they won't absorb heat and release it into the house. So bright blinds, even if they are not, I know that now people love uh, gray or uh, black blinds. They are nice, but they are terrible. If you think about the quantity of heat they are just bringing into your house. Oh, that's good to know. Very interesting. Uh, so it's important to consider your colors, not only on the wall, but also in your fabrics. Okay, good. When you're doing just renovations, okay, I want to know what makes the renovation green. And because we're doing, you know, a renovation, how can we make sure that in the long run, what we're going to do is going to save money and electricity? Because if it's not the same. Doing a renovation is not the same as, you know, making a, a house from building a house from scratch. We want to make sure that, you know, we're getting the most bang for our buck. Sometimes we only need to do one room or we just want to change one room or we can only afford to change one room. So what, what can we do with renovations to make sure that they are also green? Okay, we can do lots of things also with the renovations, but you have to take in mind that you won't arrive to the same vault as with a new building because you're just okay. working on something already built and you can improve but you can't arrive to the perfect solution the first thing you can do is to improving the thermal insulation of the existing walls from my experience people don't know <clears throat> that it's possible to improve the insulation of existing walls and in israel lots of old houses are not insulated at all and it's possible to improve the insulation of these walls and with big savings in the cost of heating and cooling. And a building can be insulated from outside, and this is the ideal situation. Okay. And with, for example, a layer of thermal plaster or styrofoam, and then to cover it with mesh and plaster. There okay. are cases that you can do that. If you are, for example, there are places like Jerusalem that you have stone outside, so you can do something from outside. Or if you are in a multi-story building, you can do that. Um, in these cases, you can treat the wall from up, from inside, and you can add insulation from inside. And there are different solutions, and you have to choose the proper solution according to other factors. Just taking account that this option will decrease a bit the room area because you are just adding a layer of insulation inside. How big is the loss in square meterage? So this uh, depends uh, on the room, but you are taking off from the external wall something like five or seven centimeters. Then we have other things we can do to improve an existing uh, house. Uh, use of healthy materials. And then we can choose and install uh, cost-efficient electrical appliances. And we, have, we can try to save water. And when we are painting the walls, we can use colors that are uh, water-based and are safe. And, and so on. We can think of shading systems if there are not enough. And each uh, apartment or house is different from the other. And we can 
see and choose what are the best solutions for mm-hmm. each case. And of course, we can change the non-insulated windows. And all what I have said before is valid also when we renovate an apartment. So all the aluminum windows can be changed with uh, PVC or uh, uh, other insulated materials. Okay, so windows are basically one of the biggest ways you can save on a new renovation or on, I mean, on a new building or on a renovation. Yes. Okay. What are some eco-friendly materials that my listeners can look for? Like, is bamboo flooring really good for the environment or is it better to go with tiles? You already said how aluminum windows are not the best option for windows. So when we're purchasing materials, what are we looking for in terms of green? How should we determine if what a producer is telling us is actually green is actually green or if it's just greenwashing? Like they say that it's environmentally friendly, but it's really not that environmentally friendly. It's only slightly more than the alternative. This is a great question because since green architecture started to be so impatient in Israel, every single seller or something will tell you that his product is green. (laughs) And we have a way to check if he tells the truth or not. (laughs) Okay. We have the green label in Hebrew. It's called Tav Yarok. In Hebrew, it's Tav Yarok and is awarded to products which are less damaging to the environment. For example, dangerous materials are reusable and so on. Okay. And uh, this uh, label is given by the Mahonat Kanima Israeli, the standard institute. Uh, okay. And uh, you can find a list of all the products which received this green label on the standard institute website. So if you Google Mahonat Kanim Tav Yarok, you will find all the list of products. Is that all in Hebrew? Uh, an example could be, for example, uh, unfortunately, yes. Okay. I'm not, I, I mean, I quite, I'm quite sure that it's only in Hebrew. Okay. So what if, for, what about for people who live like outside of, of Israel? Is there a list for that? There are other uh, labels from other countries. I am talking about Israel. Okay. In, uh, in the States, you have the lead and you have other. Uh, I think that if you, there are uh, products that are imported from abroad and you can okay. see on them also the labels they received abroad. Uh, an example is for, for is wall paint. Okay. Uh, there are Tambur and Nirlat that are, are two Israeli firms and they produce colors for walls and for furniture that are received the Tavia rock and they don't mix, sorry, they don't emit uh, toxins or VOC that are volatile organic compounds that are, uh, are not so healthy and they are very appropriate for children's room and you can use it through all the home. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned before, between the materials there is bamboo. Bamboo can be used uh, as a material for parquet or for furniture or countertops and it's environmentally friendly and it's very nice i love it but it's expensive much more expensive than other materials and for flooring is more expensive than tiles mm-hmm. uh, so people actually if they don't have a big budget uh, prefer to use tiles and okay. in this case i suggest to ask the contractor to use gravel in hebrew it's called sumsum okay. instead of sand okay. as a basis for the tiles because sumsum is more environmental friendly than gravel, so it's important okay. to ask this for the kablan. Okay, it, are things like though bamboo worth it in the long run to go with over tile or laminate even? 
It depends. It's bam the, the idea of bamboo is that it's not a, a tree and it's like a, a it grows very quickly. It's a and it renews itself. Yes, it grows very quickly. And so you don't destroy uh, timber and to produce it. This is the idea. Another thing that I love, because he grew up with water, you can wash it. And if you use it, for example, for an open kitchen connected to the living room, mm -hmm. you can wash the, the floor and not being stressed by the thing that you have uh, wood on the floor because it's not a real wood. Okay. Um, but it, uh, maybe tiles are more practical. The reason okay. I think is that uh, in Israel we have we, we don't we don't have so much companies that deals with bamboo, mm -hmm. and so it's very. I I think that they don't have all the proper materials to clean it. And uh, one of my clients decided to do all his house with bamboo. It was very extensive. It was super nice. But there are places that. He has to pay attention because if something falls, the surface, it's not so hard as a tile mm -hmm. and could remain uh, Damaged. a sign. Okay. Um, I just want to go back once. <laughs> yeah, right. I just want to go back one second for the listeners who live in the U.S. Um, for if you're looking for VOC, low VOC paints, um, Benjamin Moore has a great line of low VOC paints. So Debbie, I want to know, what's the single biggest impact in renovation? Now, I know that it obviously depends on the home. And I know we discussed that windows have a huge impact. But what about the roof? What about the boiler? What about better appliances? How do those rate against each other? And if we only have money to like fix one thing, how do we decide is if the roof is better than you know the windows? Wow, this is a big question. Of course, each apartment is different from the other. The roof is also very important. If you are living under the roof, in in the architectural language, the roof is called the five the fifth facade. Okay. Why? Because he gains so much heat sun in the summer. Okay. So it should be super well insulated and. Of course, in Israel, things are not done properly in most of the cases. So also for people who come and ask for advice when they buy a new apartment, if the apartment is the last one in the in the building and under the roof, I always try to just, or we, or we can check if the roof is well insulated or otherwise I just suggest not to buy the apartment. Okay. And so if you are building a new house, you can just put a very uh, big layer of insulation. It could be not less than eight or 10 centimeters. So you, you will be protected. But if you are in an existing house or apartment, uh, the roof is, can be a, a problem as, as much as the windows, I think. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are all the other factors you mentioned. Also, the boiler is important and uh, uh, the appliances. Everything has a role. And if you are just renovating and you do not have a big budget, I will start from small things like the appliances and maybe if there is one window uh, facing west super hot I will change just that window I mean mm -hmm. you can do small things uh, not everything in one time right when we're searching for a home is it worthwhile to hire an architect if we're gonna buy a house let's say is it worthwhile to hire an architect to come with us during the purchasing process or should we wait till we've narrowed it down to one or two homes and then bring in an architect to look at it and see if it's really a good deal or is the architect the best person to look at this if we don't really plan on doing renovations 
it's always better to check the apartment uh, before. Uh, okay. You have to bring uh, different professionals, not also the architect, not only the architect. Uh, you have to bring an architect. At times, you need an engineer. You will need at uh, times a surveyor. It depends. But I always tell people to start with an architect because the architect can see first mm-hmm. uh, if the house answer your needs, if the potential of the house is the one you are looking for, if you want, for example, to make changes, the architect can tell you which changes you can perform. And an architect that uh, understands with the green buildings can check the direction, can tell you if you will have enough natural light or not, and if the apartment is uh, well insulated or if you will need to add insulation and could have a look all, at all these factors. And I think it's important for you to know that before buying. Mm-hmm. Because if you discover after that that you have to pay a lot of money in air conditioning, it would be a pity. Maybe you would have known this before and it would be better. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times that you need an engineer if you're not sure if you can uh, destroy a wall. Or uh, there are things that, uh, I mean, I can see things uh, that are not built in, uh, properly, but I need an engineer to be sure and to know how I can, for example, reinforce something. And so you need different professionals. Okay. Also, an architect can go to the municipality and check if you have unused building rights, for example, that would allow you to add a mamad or the lift or whatever in the, uh, in the future, or if they already added something and they tell you that they receive a building permit, you but don't have to be sure, you have to check it on right. your own because if they didn't, then you have a problem. Right, hundred percent. Because all they will be required to pay taxes or uh, to redo to to start receiving to asking for the building permit, and it costs a lot of money, and you will start to have lots of problems. So that are things that you have to know before. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when we're looking at a rental apartment, uh, you know, a lot of times we don't have the capacity to change anything so what's a red flag for us that we should pass up if we see something like obviously mold on the walls is a red flag but is there anything else that we can really uh look for right away that you know we should look at when we're renting i we already spoke about the orientation of the building and that is something that you can check on your own you know every smart time download an application to uh, see the north and so you can on your own just see where the north is located from which window the sun will come inside and you can do this on your own and of course check the windows if they have double insulated glazing at least they will be aluminum of course but at least uh, <laughs> if they have a double insulated glazing it will be good okay and if the apartment is on the last floor uh, go ask to to go to the to the floor and check if you see insulation or how is the, the ceiling, you have to check it. If you don't know how to do that on your own, you have to ask for help from an engineer or an architect. Do you mean... And you have to ask if you have a... Do you mean that it, you should check that the, if you're going for an apartment on the top floor, you should check the roof or if it's on the first floor, you should check the apartment above you? If you are on the highest floor, you have to check the roof. Okay. If you are on another floor and you have apartments above you, you have to, it's always good to check signs, uh, to check for signs of dampness or on the walls or on the ceilings and to try to find out the source. This could be difficult because uh, before selling, usually people paint 
the apartment so that the client wants the new owner wants signs of dampness Correct. so okay uh, okay so Debbie, I know that you have a one-day intensive quick renovation program for people who are renovating their homes. Can you tell us about that? Yes, of course. Uh, of course, I am just, I am also designing, I, mean, I, have, I have different services I give. Uh, I am also accompanying the client from the beginning till the end for very big renovations. Okay. But I also built this short program uh, for people who have just one room to renovate. And they don't know how to do that uh, on their own, where to start, and they postpone this from year to year. <laughs> and so I offer one full day, uh, then we will plan and design everything together. Okay. And so we, we, we meet in the apartment, uh, the meeting lasts up to two hours, and we discuss the client's need, what we have to, uh, what are the requirements for the new space. It could be the kitchen, a bathroom, or the living room, whatever. And I propose during the meeting some sketches with different design ideas. We choose together colors and materials and we make a shopping list. And then we go together immediately after these two hours to shops and we choose whatever we need. So if we are looking, if we are renovating a bathroom, we choose for tiles, sanitaries, faucets, and cabinets, everything needed. And um, so, and this shopping tour lasts up to three hours. And after that, the client has everything. A, mm -hmm. a few days later, I send plans for contractors that are uh, called um, working plans and includes all the information that the contractor needs to get started and to actually uh, make the works. Okay. And I also give the client a list of uh, contractors that I know so he can just call them and be sure that there are good people uh, okay. and good uh, professionals. And uh, so basically in a few days, the clients have everything, a package with all what he needs to start and renovating the specific room just uh, quickly. Okay. Debbie, are there any other tips or tricks that we missed out on speaking about that you would like the listeners to know about? Uh, actually, yes. I think it can give great uh, results ceiling fan. I really love ceiling fans. And the role of it is to increase airflow on the body and to dry it, uh, and to dry it off. And so uh, this causes us to feel as if the temperature in the room is, is lower, uh, at about three or four degrees less than the surrounding temperature. Okay. So using a ceiling fan instead of an air conditioner could save us a lot of money in electricity bills. And there are also people that don't love air conditioning. You know, in Israel, you enter in, a, in an office or whatever, whenever, uh, wherever, and you, the temperature goes low to 15 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and outside there is 40, and it's not, uh, it's not healthy. So ceiling uh, fans can solve the problem, and they are much more healthier and nice and economical. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, and if, yeah. if you want... Yeah, and if you, do you want another tip? Not sure. connected to green, but to just designing. Before starting anything, I always said, yeah, I suggest my I suggest my clients to sit down and make a list and write down everything. Before, if they are a couple, each one has to do this separately, and then to meet together and to try to make one list. After that to order this list so that they can 
know exactly what they have, what they want to change, and they can just put things in order and choose what to do now and what could be postponed maybe later in a few years if it's not so urgent. And if you are prepared, it will be easier to meet your architect, for example, and to tell her what are your needs and requirements. It will be easier for you to, to decide what your budget is. And I mean, if you start from this list, everything will be smoother after that. Uh-huh. So it's important to organize your thoughts, make a punch list of all the things that you want to happen, all of your dreams, all of your wishes, everything that you really want, and then make let us let the, the architect or the planner know exactly what a priority which one is the most important to you and and go from there, right? Yes. Debbie, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I had a great time and I really learned a lot. You can find Debbie on her website at dsearc.co.il or call her at 972-52-645-2002. Thank you again, Debbie, for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really nice to chat with you. I love chatting with you. I want to remind everyone to use their mantra when they feel worried or overwhelmed. Mine is Hashem is taking care of it for me. But another good one is Hashem keeps me organized. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.